Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, you're very welcome to this week's podcast, Halloween Stories. My name is Maurice O'Keefe, and over the years, there was nothing more that I enjoyed than meeting people in remote parts of the countryside who had a genuine belief in the supernatural and fairy lore. And this was an extraordinary um, practice that went on in the countryside. And this has been going on since our pagan ancestors, known as the Tuatha Dé Danann, and they possessed power that that could do magical things. And also the belief that travel could happen, that spirits would travel from one world to another. And this would happen this time of the year. This is on sowing, Halloween. To find out more about why and what happens at this time of the year, I first travelled to County Limerick to Glenstall Abbey to meet Dr. Sean O'Ding. You can see to this yeah. day um, at, at, at Samhain, Halloween, you've uh, those kids going around dressed up with their witches' hats and masks and so on, and very often straw kind of uh, straw clothes. Now, who are they? That's the that's the point. Who are they? Now, I think that these uh, kids <coughs> represent the Tuatha Dan, who've actually come back to collect their dues after giving the good harvest. See, at, at that time, the, the, the 1st November, the harvest has been drawn in. Wheat, oats, barley has been drawn in. There's, everything is plentiful, you know. But now, the tour they done have given that, and they want a little acknowledgement, and they don't ask for very much. But um, those kids go around from house to house, and they expect to get money or sweet cake, something like that, you know. And this is a little acknowledgement to the tour they done that they have given the fertility of the land. So the respect for them has exactly. always been there. Exactly. Yeah. And then. Uh, if the Tordedan are treated well, next year they will also provide a good harvest. So it goes round and round like this. Yeah. So the the thing is, it's like there's a cycle, really. Yeah. You know, the the humans take the the, the fruits of the earth. 
but then they must give something back in acknowledgement that they give thanks. Now, of course, we're in the eve of Halloween, and uh, at this time of the year, that there is uh, a lot of um, activity, unusual activity around. Uh, they had various different customs, of course. Uh, I mean, the two most important feast days, uh, you know, in the old pagan calendar, it was was um, May Eve and Old Hallows Eve. Mm-hmm. Tony O'Callaghan from North Kerry explains here by telling a story about. Uh, a neighbour um, who had uh, an experience of a changeling. This is uh, a supernatural being being exchanged with a mortal. And of course, I think it had to do with the supernatural or abnormal, I don't know, whatever. It had to do with the fairies. I thought they'd leave their thoughts and come on here, you know, to uh, a place not very far away from here. They changed the t- changed residence, and uh, by all accounts, uh, if you met them, you know, I had an occasion to be out late. Uh, actually, I had a story about that about uh, a woman not too very far away from me. I didn't know the woman at all, of course, but uh, her husband and herself anyway happened to be visiting a neighbouring house, and they left anyway. It must be close, I suppose, until twelve o'clock or maybe more. I don't know. But they had to cross across the stile. And as they crossed, she was suddenly thrown off the stile and she fell down. And when they came home, they thought no more about it. And during any events, about three or four o'clock in the morning, the lady became violently ill. And uh, anyway, they sent for the doctor. The doctor, you know, I couldn't see nothing like that. Probably might be in a fever or something of some kind. But anyway, she remained anyway in that kind of a sickness for maybe about three or four months. And come on to this time of the year, anyway, the husband, of course, he brought in a nurse to mind her anyway. And this evening, she called the nurse anyway and she said, Close down the door, dear. She said, I have something to tell you. So she upped and told her you know, that there was a, a withered old man inside her in the, in, in the bed. Some type of a thing, a being, she didn't know what kind it was. So anyway, she said, uh, the nurse said to her, will we get a priest? Oh no, dear, she said, I'm afraid it's too late, I haven't long to live. And with that, she expired. She disappeared? She died. Oh, she died. She died, yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I would be quite open, wholly open to the belief that I share this land, this world, with other presences, with other beings. I've no doubt in the world about it, like. Philosopher John Moriarty. And the result is, like, if you believe, I don't call them fairies at all, I call them the ASHE, a splendid people, a tremendous people, whose very essence is brightness of being, like brightness of being, you know. And, like, in the old days, when people believed in that, like, if they were to build a house, you didn't look for planning permission from from the county council, but you did look for, plan, for planning permission from these beings. And what you do is you fenced off the site at night, like, and you erected three stones inside in the middle of the site, and you left them there overnight. And if they were knocked in the morning, you knew that you were building on a fairy path, what they call a fairy path, and you didn't build there, you know. Now, there was a wisdom in that to me and a loveliness in that to me. The very to accept that maybe 
If my eyes could open, I would know a little bit further than they have opened. I would know that there are other beings that I share this land with, beings invisible to me now, you know, and that I must take them into account and that I must accommodate them. That, that, that the land of Ireland is supposed to be owned by the farmers of Ireland, the people of Ireland who own it. Jesus, I hate that belief. Like, So I love to know that when I look out of this land here, like that maybe in the night there are other beings through it. My father came to be in Bonn and Dingle to John Rail's house to not work as a servant boy there. Like. And the belief there was that house, that house was built on a ferry path. Like, and my father would hear noises all night in the night. Like, and that house is standing empty today. Back can be in Bonn and Dingle. You know. Because of the, of, of the belief that... Uh, the, it was built on a ferry path. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah. I stood in that house two years ago where my father slept above in the loft. You know. Did you? Yeah. And was that an emotional time for you? Well, to go in to see the, to see the, you know, the whole the house, not a, the roof was still on, you know. But I mean, to go and say, like, I credit, I, Seamus Heaney has a line called, I credit marvels, you know. There's more in heaven and earth than is dreamt of in our philosophy. There's more to the world than we can see or hear or know or touch or taste or smell. There's more than the few antennae we have, like don't pick up all that's out there, you know. You know, there's much more to the universe than we realise, you know. This is a very interesting uh, place where you have the goddess Oina and because it ties in with the Celtic goddess and the concept of the sacred land. I spoke to Dr Eunice McCarty at Grainstone Circle in County Limerick and she spoke about women in mythical history and it relates to the Celtic mythology and the other world and travel at this time of the year from their world to our world. And we have other goddesses, like we have Anna in, in Kerry, the Paps of Anu, and we have Mish, and Steve Mish in Queen Scotia, as, as, as well as the goddess Bridget. And they, uh, as already said, these goddesses were very much linked with the land and the fertility of the land, but as well as the protection of the land and the stones and the rivers. So the, the, it was the, the eco idea was very much within the ancient system. And the land had this energy. And, of course, when we see the stone circle, I have never been here before and it's absolutely magnific- magnificent you can feel the energy coming forth and the Irish word for energy is north and north really is a very powerful word because it's kind of deep forces and when you stand here you get the sense of peace as well which very much ties in with the scho- what the scholar Tomaso Kajic said she means peace but it also means other world so we're now at a sound which is that transition between in this world and the other world and the goddess was very much associated with the other world that you went to the other world which was both a land of peace and 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 she con as they say tony callahan explains here that there were people amongst us who had power to do pishog working this was a, a form of art that caused great harm on your neighbor by taking milk from their cattle or by taking butter from the dairy. Uh, of course, you said the fairies were the, the old inhabitants of here. And uh, there are lots of stories told about them that I was very skilled in magic, of course, and they could do anything with you or cause anything to happen. These people were skilled in magic, and uh, I know I don't know how they overcame them. Yes, yes. Possibly yes. the druids, I suppose they had the druids in those days. Uh, and they were able to uh, counteract whatever spells they'd uh, put on them. 
Dick White points out here that in West Limerick there was a man who could stop this from happening. In other words, they could, if they had cattle or whatever, they, they'd milk twice as much as the cattle that, exactly. that were in the other land. Yours wouldn't be worth milking them and they'd have buckets of milk. And that was what could do. And did you believe that? Did that actually... That, that was happening. That mm. was happening. That was happening. Mm. There was, I, I knew a Freemason, well he was an old man, I didn't know much about him, but I knew him, he was a blacksmith. He was what they called a Freemason, that him. He could tell you who was doing all the harm. And this man, a neighbour, came to him one day and he said to him, God, he said, could you give me any bit of information at all, he said. My cows, he said, didn't want my whale bring me now to milk him, he said, damn the point of milk a piece, he said. Didn't want my file carry to the camera. Could you tell me at all? He said, who's doing it? I can't tell you who's doing it, he said. But if you're that interested, he said, I land him there at the door, he said, you. He was saying his forge. I know, I know the forge, what was great. He put the coulter of a plow, the whole coulter of a plow that was near him, he put it into the fire. He started blowing the bellows to it. And in about ten minutes, he heard someone coming roaring. So they knew, they knew that he was, who, who was working on A woman. She came into the door. Roaring, will you take it out? She said, for God's sake, take it out. If you promise me, she said, you let that man alone and you won't interfere with him again and you'll give him back his own. So I think he's ever again happened, she said. He took the call to hold the fire. My face is roasted up for me, she said. My that is an amazing story. Absolutely. So one, one woman used to go out. She was trying to steal the milk from people. Jimmy Carr from West Donegal. And what she used to do, the first of May, first day of May, before the sun would get up, she'd be out and she'd be pulling a straw rope after her. Through the fields and she'd all to me and all to me and all to me. So... This fellow then he had TB and the doctor told him to be out to make sure and be out before or before the sun would get up in the air in the morning. And that it helped him, and it did help him a lot. So he had this woman this day with a rope saying all to me and all to me and he used to say, No, half to me, half to me <laughs> <laughs> When his mother then went to churn milk when the milk Turn the butter and the, the churn. Then the butter started to go out, come out of the churn, left the lid of the churn, come out and went out on the door. So that was butter. <laughs> she, <coughs> she couldn't control the butter. But the one that had the raw, used to use the straw rope and that kind of thing, she had some kind of rod. Mm. Or an Irish name for the rod. Tlug. Mm. Rank, they used to call it. There's a kind of a sally rod that used to go on. But the length of your arm would, and it would grow in a circle. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And you were to control the butter was that, you see. Now, Morris, they'd come onto the heading of what we call Pishogs, too. These people, I don't know where they got their poem from anyway, but it wasn't good, of course. They said they made a pack with the Dublin, they sold their soul for earthly gains and power. 
And are, uh, is this tradition deeply rooted? I mean, does it go way back? Oh, it goes way back again to the to the to the, the, the dudes, you know. And uh, I don't know, but they, uh, I suppose, they could do it. But these things, uh, they uh, they were in families by all accounts. People that had great power, and you know, to wish you look like on people. I mean, going back again to the, to the two most important feast days, which was uh, May Eve and and uh, All Hallows Eve, and, as we call it today, the Anglicised Forum, which would be uh, uh, Eve. But uh, these people, by all accounts, uh, they'd uh, if they wanted to do Harem, they'd, for one instance, they'd uh, a spring well. They'd come to the spring well on May Eve morning, Unyonged, of course, and they'd skim the well with a saucer, put it into a bucket, and take it home. By all accounts, they were taking the the fat from your tanks or churns, you know, your milk, and uh, the people that time, like when they'd be churning, you see, they had great difficulty in making butter. And, of course, uh, as time went down, they got tired, and, of course, they'd... Uh, Calling what they call the very wise old man or an old woman in the place and tell them their story. But uh, anyway, they had then uh, their own way of sorting these things out. They'd uh, say, Have you any suspicion on anybody? And uh, anyway, the man of the house or woman of the house, he might say, Yes. And uh, the sock of a plough. They'd uh, take that and he'd say, Right, the initials know that person that you have suspicion on, and we put it into the fire. Yes, yes. And put it into the fire. Now, would anyone, of course, kind of the, the iron got hot? The person that was after uh, wishing a look or would come roaring into the house to him. During Halloween, a fire would be left lit during night time and the old hearth, it, it would be cleaned and, and uh, swept and that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, there were people, and there were relatives of mine, and they were set a big feast yes. in the parlour in those days, the, now our dining room, but in the parlour, and they'd have all kinds of goodies and the best china was taken out and everything, and there was a big fire, as you say. Yes prepared all for that purpose that their dead would be coming back and that they'd want something to eat and would this be left on all night or oh yeah days? oh yeah to be there when maybe probably during the other time there was people who to bed early I suppose maybe 9 or 10 o'clock but the, the, the table was prepared and everything just like they'd be put in the parlour and there, there was a fire lit in, I don't know it might be in the parlour but yeah. there was certainly a fire lit in the house anyway uh, just on your, what you're saying there is so amazing psychologically because what you're saying is landscape is mindscape. Exactly. So the mind is in the land. And the other thing is, which is tremendous is that the conscious and the unconscious are fused in these centers of energy. And I think when people in the ancient world were able to enter the other world, it was in places like this where you could feel the energies coming through. And it's interesting that the other world was associated with the feminine and even where 
James Stevens' book for Fionn cool and the Fiona Road out um, on ordinary world, say, and suddenly they seem to have they meet the energy and then they're transported into the other world with these energies and they are transformed. If there's a transformation, mental consciousness transformation. Where I'm always fascinated by in that ancient world they were able to enter this other world. Nowadays we talk about people taking drugs and hallucinating, but they were able to work in this world and come back again with their consciousness still integrated, not in, not in any way upset, but in a totality of integration. And who are these people from the other world? John Lucy from South Kerry explains. They used to always talk about the banshees, the shiogis and the firdudis. They were the gentry that were there long ago. They sort of believed in them. I suppose they saw things that we didn't see, or at least they felt they did anyway. And... Um, you know, the the one thing they used to compl- talk very much about was the fairy music. It was called Kjol Nahan. They said it was the sweetest music that was ever heard to be in any in any valley. And it was always heard, the Kjol Nahan was always supposed to be heard in a valley, say a glen or a valley like this place. It was ring out so sweet, there was no music to equal it. Well, I just heard... You know, all this little noise. And voices, right? And voices, but I can't explain it too very well. The Welshes from North Kerry explain here that they could hear the sound of the people from the other world. What what did it sound like? I mean, was it was there just... It was kind of like human. Yeah. You know, like music. And were they human voices, would you say? Sure, I... I, You know, I couldn't explain it. Mm Mm-hmm. But I did run. Did you get a fright? Oh, did. I did. And I had yeah. for the water, didn't you see? Oh, I did. I did. Mm. And when they were down in the room after to look, he says, did you hear all the people? He says, there was a quiet home, was he? Yeah. Mm. And he died the next morning. Yeah. But uh, do you believe in these kind of things? Uh, oh, yourself? indeed, I don't. Really, but I don't. But the game, I said, look, if you told my mother, well, did you remember? He said, you heard all the things out the game. Yes, we I did. Down, we heard nothing. Yeah. You, uh, Johnny was there and uh, yourself yeah. but uh, he didn't ha- hear anything but I did you know he heard the very same thing you know little voices and like music again you know that's the way you could describe it yeah. mm-hmm. and did it sound something like out of this world oh uh, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yes but your mother died the next morning died the next morning because it was very much long ago in the country here, see. But when we were small, I'm older than you, like, there was a prayer after Mass. There was specially sitting and all, rid of all these old spirits and everything. And that helped the people in general. Yes. You see. Could you imagine that, you see, that your cattle, that you harmed your cattle, that you harmed everything, they were not to kill people. They were not to kill people to serve their own. Mm-hmm. They put a curse uh, on. Well, there was a few out here, and they killed their, they killed other people to save their sons. Yeah, and I was, I suppose, I was only about sixteen years of age when I saw the parish priest to take a woman out of the chapel over and put her out in the grass. Mm. Would you believe that? And what age were you then? Were you about maybe fifteen? I suppose it was nearly twenty years, but we were shocked to say he, he said that he was in the chapel to be taken out. Was there a general belief in the fairies? No? There were a general belief in fairies. Actually, when we were young, we, we believed in fairies. Hmm. 
Annie McConnell from Donegal explains how that there were places associated with fairies, such as ringforts, crags, caves and trees. Yeah, we'd be coming to school and there were certain places along the road that there'd be a blackness or something and, and, and that was where the fairies were and there. I said, of course we believed it. I believe it yet, you know. I do believe there might have been some mayors, we don't know. I know, but how would you describe uh, the fairy kingdom? or the Who are the fairies? Uh, who are the fairies? I don't know who the fairies are. Or... They were all little people. We were told there were little people in there, and... but lot of old people. And there were certain parts of the country, I'm sure it happened in Kerry too. You need a bit of Kerry. I am indeed, yeah. Uh, I'm sure it happened. That there would there'd be certain trees that the people would not touch. They wouldn't take a branch of it because they called it, it was gentle. Have you heard ever heard that? No, that's an interesting. Uh, that tree would be gentle and it was belonging to the fairies. Mm-hmm. Or there might be a tree be going in the middle of a of a of a field and nobody touched it. You didn't even lift a stone and take it away from the bottom of that tree, or you didn't cut a branch of it. You just earned. And that those two of those particular trees on our land when we were little children. And our dad just warned us, do not go near it. And we never did, and to this day, we wouldn't. What about ring forts? Did you have fairy forts or ring forts on the land? Not not on our place, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. Yeah. No. But the fairy trees were but very... But the fairy trees were... Oh, places, they were yeah. very, very... And, and people did believe in that very, very much. Mm. That tree is still there, and I'm an old woman, that tree is still there. Imagine. Yes, nobody would take a branch of it, none of our family would go near. Yeah. They would just be afraid something will happen to you if you touch it. You know, a cow will die. If you, if you take a branch of that tree, one of the cows could be dead in the morning. Mm-hmm. That was what they believed. They told us, they believed that. Yeah. And there were certain times of the year that uh, that, that were dangerous times and special times. Do, was that something you came across? For example, May Eve or, you know... Um, yeah. Halloween. Halloween, 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 uh, more so. And May Eve, yes, May Eve, Halloween. Was there a tradition up here of opening gates? Uh, oh dear, to, to allow oh, of the course, yes. And spirit to go through. And yes, right. That is right, yes. And cutting cabbage and leaving it at somebody's door. Why? I don't know. They were left at somebody's door, cabbage. Oh, yes, you open gates. And, yeah, you did, of course. He was uh, coming home from roving in the house across there. He was, uh, he was over at uh, Michal's, Michal Collins's. Moss Curtin from Turnafalla in West Limerick and told me here that this time of the year um, the spirits would roam freely around the fields. And it, his father witnessed this uh, after coming from storytelling around the fireside. Uh, he was coming up his laneway to the farmyard and he met his ancestors roaming around the fields. So he came home from Rovi anyway, and he came in the passage when he came inside the gate here. He was put strang, he was put strang around the field there. And uh, he was supposed to have met a lot of ghosts, or he was supposed to have met a lot of people that were dead for a long time. 
he must have met his own father and he was, and his two of his own children that had died shortly before that. He was supposed to have met an old friend of his then, a man out there from Nakatoon. I think he was Bill Tom Jack, he used to be called. I think his right name was Bill Rahley. Christ, it's a long time ago. It's called the, the White Field. And from East Galway, Gus Cochran spoke about confronting these people from the other world, but also being put astray in the field. But we used to bring the book to water from the river that time. There was no wells nor... but you actually saw a small, small piece. Oh, I, saw, I saw them all right, and, and there was one field you could never go into at night. Yeah. If you didn't, you couldn't come out. You go astray in it. What? Oh. Yes, they often went to stay at night, go have to look at snares, and that's my father. And uh, there was our stones in it, all right, and briars. We go up to look at the snares, anyhow, and yes, the, st- the stones would be that height, and the briars would be pure woods. You'd have to sit down then and, and study yourself and might just sit down for a quarter of an hour and then you'd see you might see the light John Duffy's house. There wasn't much like there was no electricity that time much. You know, it's very scarce. How often sat in the stones there for he'd light the pipe. He asked me what do you what do you see? And I say, I see such a place over there which is enough for that. There was a river then we had to cross. Once you crashed the river, you knew exactly where you were then. Oh, we're sitting down here, you know, and there's a big roaring fire on. Uh, one of the old hearts with the, the yeah. crane and the hangers and, yeah. the, and, the, okay. burn, and the burning timber. God, yeah. it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Oh, it is. Nice, all right. Yeah. It is. And you have the dresser over there, I'd I say. Have. Yeah. I God, have. That's an old one. Well, that yeah. was over 300 years. It must be. Look tis, at that. Tis. And beautifully painted. Yeah, it was painted for years. In back. different colours, in blue and yeah, red. And yeah. Yeah, yeah big good. Jack, I heard that this place is steeped in, in fairy lore. Jack Corbett lived in an old country farmhouse in East Galway. I met Jack and he told me about coming across two of these strange people from the other world? Well, um, there was things seen, i seen a few things myself, but i tell you what the grace, you know, we were beyond the old house in the hollow, and my father and mother was gone somewhere, and they said, that a pig's pot down, they said, mind that now, and keep a fire under it, we come back. Yeah. And I was saying that, oh, and what I was looking up, I was in that spot, the little man, and both he be about that way. My God. Under the bush, and I took a good snap of him, you know, with my eyes, he wore a black suit, a swallowtail coat, and you see all the little buttons down here at the waistcoat near the hands like that. And he had a, a hat on him, and there was a big, big, wide lab in it, and there was a peak about that height up out of it, and it went up in a point. And you see the little face under the hat. And we got I was at a good while watching him. 
When Jack was a young lad, he witnessed the exchange of a mortal being with a spirit from the other world with the help of the Banshee. But anyway, the Banshee then, I was over in that house with my mother, just out over the hill there. I was a young lad, about five or six, I suppose. And there was a room in the kitchen, and there was a settled bed, and my mother was sitting there, and I had under Shandon, under beside, and I had my head up under the shawl. And the mother was putting down a big fire of whiskery torf, and she and I see the door, that man. And I kept a tighter yarn, because this girl walked in with a brown head of hair and a brown coat, silk stockings and low shoes, and she was coming towards me, you know, and she came to the middle of the floor and I let one savage roar, and the poor girl bowed out again. You know, I suppose, it wasn't she, she wasn't dead at all. It was whatever they left in her place today. You often heard about the she Oaks. No, I, I did indeed, but... Yeah. yeah, but I suppose they left something in her place and that died and she wasn't dead at all. She was only hovering around outside. That has happened, you know. A lot of people have been taken away. And can you des- can you describe some something exactly what happens, uh, Jack? Well, I nearly said that there was a hand left in her. I suppose the lady abroad could leave a hand in her. The man she and she left some old thing, I suppose, in her place, and that died. Yeah. And the girl didn't die at all. She wasn't going around all the time. How do you mean she was going outside and? Uh, yeah, outside going hovering around. She didn't die at all. Had was left in her place. That died. That is happening, you know. Yeah. They'd leave a thing in your place, just like yourself. Yeah. And if that died, you would never come back. But if it lived on for about seven years, they could let you back. Did you ever hear a banshee? I did, I did. I had the banshee yeah, several times. Did you? I did. And from the Air Court in County Galway, Nancy Flynn explains here that if you hear the banshee or if you see the banshee, that somebody close to to the family would die. Did you see the banshee or just hear it? Well, it was, I was the McCormick, we did see her, I did see her. And then the man that uh, she was crying for died three days after. Be another relation of ours. And can you describe to me what she looked like? What did the banshee look like? She was a little small white woman with long hair and she had a comb. Do you remember Molly down below Melody's Wood? Mm-hmm. McCormick's. And uh, he was Michael McConkey, Lord Mercy. He was a be relation too. He was at our house, and uh, he went to the banshee cried him from our gate down to his own house. So he died three days after. The use of iron was used to protect mortals from the banshee, explained here by Gussie Cochran. No, I heard them talking about one time they were coming from a game of cards. They used to go to that and to play cards and come across the fields. But they heard the banshee crying anyhow. So they said, well, we'll make to take the shawl of her. So they were supposed to have taken the shawl of her and then because she followed them down the, across the fields and to this to a certain house in the village. And she was roaring outside. None of them would hand out the shawl, so they handed it out in the shovel. Because when they took in the shovel, the tracks of her, the five fingers was in it. My, she left the track of her fingers. Yes, in, in the, the shovel. shovel. She was taking the shawl. 
What would have happened if he put his hand out? Would you take the hand, Eva? Yeah. Supposed to be handed back in a shovel or a spade or something iron or see And that would save you? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because they handed it out now on a, on a shovel. I just have to take it out of the nails of their fingers in it. Right, yeah. And down in Waterville in South Kerry, Maura O'Shea and Brida O'Connell spoke to me about the tradition of hearing the banshee and how the banshee actually follows a family. And if somebody in the family hears the banshee, that very shortly afterwards, somebody would die. And this is followed with another story relating to the sea, because their family were seafaring people. And this story is amazing. Well, of course, I mean, they used to say the banshees... But they used to say that over in Drina, that the, the Cronin's mm-hmm. family, that the ba- Banshee followed them, you see, when they died. And this day, oh, they came in at dinner time, in the middle of a nice day, and they, they said, did you hear it? And we, I said, what? I used to be over there working for them. <laughs> and... Uh, she said, that's the banshee, when I, the Cronin woman has died. You see, but I don't know why. I thought it was a dog cleaning. And I still think it's a dog. And was this at the day, daytime or nighttime? It was the middle of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were out on the boat, my grandfather and, and the Shines. Well, we're noted fishermen, you know. And the, they... They were coming towards the thing, and it was a very bad night, and they uh, heard the noise, you see, but it, they were too... They couldn't get out of the way very long, and uh, so whoever was in charge of the boat said, don't strike, don't put down the oar, you see, to strike what was on the sea. And they had the awful scream, and the thing went. He, he, he didn't put the oar, he threw the holy water, and the... The thing disappeared before them. There was just a big splash, and the thing disappeared, and they all came home safe. And did they get an image, or was it was it an image of any the kind? Was never heard after the, that. The morning was never heard. It was, it was just a, a, a sound rather than an image, was it? It, it, it? No, they said that a wave seemed to rise up. Mm-hmm. They didn't see a person as such, you see, but mm-hmm. the the. The scream and the wave were together. What you say? Uh, uh, At off a rock or something like that. You see, you thought that something was underneath the yes. wave. Yes. You see. In the web of the world that we are now sitting in, to me, there's a kind of magic in it. Philosopher John Moriarty. And things happen not by just purely physical means. Things happen by kind of magical means as well. In other words, not by any physical cause giving rise to a physical effect. The universe to me isn't just a system of physical causes that gives rise to physical physical effects. Like there's there's drift in the universe. And I believe that some people can sink down and be at one with that drift that is in the universe. And they are then drees, they are then druids, like, they can do strange things, like, you know, and so there's magic in the web of it, except I wouldn't use the word magic, I would use the word driacht.
Well, we've come to the end of this week's special on Halloween stories. For the full interviews, you can visit our website and, in fact, you'll find a whole lot more to do with this subject. My name is Morris O'Keefe and I'd appreciate any of your comments that you may have and look forward to your company next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.